Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's kind of on thesportstuff.com, but not really anymore. It seems like that site's pretty much down now, unfortunately, and uh, I'm not sure Dylan's going to be bringing it back, but I will be, continue to be uploading the shows onto HipCast and continuing to bring them to you like I always do, week in, week out, at least during the NFL season and, of course, off-season shows, as you know, like once a month or so, something like that. But, yeah, the website's pretty much kaput, I'm guessing. From, from, <laughs> I hardly ever hear from Dylan about that, but he still manages to get me phone calls and such. So got one from Brent Jacobson, got one from Dave Martin, and I downgraded Audacity because he was giving me problems. I didn't think I was even going to get the show out tonight. So, yeah, here we are. Of course, uh, getting this show ready to go <laughs> a few days after the game, the debacle. The Well, it was actually a good game to watch. It wasn't like Buffalo and all that where the Vikings didn't even show up to play. We talked about that last week. The defense was, was, was awful and it's been lousy for the past, well, for a while. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the third segment some more and maybe some in the first segment, obviously. You didn't see a whole lot of defense once again Thursday night. Um, I love the Los Angeles Rams uh, retro uniforms. I think there's a cool vibe there. It's a very good team, but at the end of the day, the Minnesota Vikings, well, their defense got absolutely trounced, and they end up losing the game 38-31. to Outstanding showing by the Minnesota Vikings offense, particularly the quarterback and, of course, the ever-famous uh, wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs have just been marvelous. It's a great combination, a great mix of uh, quarterback and receivers, all that good stuff, but now the defense isn't showing up anymore. And, well, I don't even know what to say. It's just disappointing, sad, frustrating. It's weird looking at this uh, audacity. I haven't seen this look in years. But, well, hey, if it works, it's better. And it's not hurting anything. It's not hurting the audio quality. It's giving me something that's actually kind of simpler to use. That's what they say in engineering. Not that I know anything about that, but simple is better than, like, overcomplicated because overcomplicated doesn't always work out. And simple, it actually works. So, yeah, maybe I'll stick with this older version of Audacity because it actually, like, works. And if I can't record a show... That means, well, if it doesn't work, that means there's no show. So, (laughs) yeah, and if the Vikings defense doesn't show up, the Vikings aren't going to win games because, well, they're just not. I mean, Jared Goff, could I just rattle out the numbers? 465 yards, five touchdowns, and basically this is what most people were saying, that the Minnesota Vikings defense is number one in the NFL. This is pretty much their reaction right here. Was that a bit excessive? Maybe. But you know what? I don't care. The defense is that frustrating that I think they deserve that kind of reaction. That's kind of what the Vikings defense uh, looked like. That's about the reaction you'd get if it wasn't for they were our team. And it's extremely frustrating and disappointing watching that. Yes, the Los Angeles Rams, as I continue to call them, the correct name. Not St. Louis Rams. (laughs) They're L.A. again like they were back in the good old days. All the way up into the mid-90s, which I still remember very well, and I love those uniforms. I'll continue to say that. Just that vibe, like they're in Los Angeles with those uniforms. I love it. I love it. It's just too bad that it was at our expense 
watching that game. But what a pleasant evening that was at the same time. A pleasant football game to watch, generally speaking. Kind of a barn burner deal, just like Minnesota versus Green Bay. But um, things not so great uh, here in the Twin Cities if you're a Viking fan and hoping for better results. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this is looking more and more like 2016 than 2017. Yes, the Vikings started the year 2-2 two and two last year. Yes, they look like garbage. Yes, they lost their quarterback again. Yes, they lost their running back again. And, well, they went 13-3. and three, But they ended up losing offensive linemen again during the course of that season as well. But just much later. <sighs> Cooper Cup, the Vikings stymied this Los Angeles Rams offense last year. Yes, it was in U.S. Bank Stadium. That does make a difference. But then again, it didn't make a whole lot of difference to the Buffalo Bills. And we'll talk about how the Packers did against the Bills and how much sense that makes. And I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> the NFL is day-to-day. Game of inches, this and that. A game of inches, you can't get a tackle, you can't stop a guy. You make a boneheaded penalty, you hit a guy in the head after the play is done, pretty much. I mean, you got the sack already, yeah. I mean, and then you make contact to the head, and then and then that just causes a chain reaction to this, and then you kick a flag like uh, Xavier Rhodes did in the Los Angeles game, L.A. game, whatever you want to say. I mean, really, you're kicking a flag? What's the point? I mean, it's bad enough that things didn't go so well. It's bad enough that you got beat. Don't hurt your team. You know, you're already hurting your team by sucking, not having a good game. And you know what? Xavier Rhodes is about as good a cornerback as there is in the NFL. But nobody looks like they're as good as anything in the NFL, except maybe, I guess, Kirk Cousins, in terms of his passing yards, are as good as we've ever seen. He's on course of 5,000 yards. He's on course for 5,000 bleeping yards for this season, which is quite a nice number. I appreciate that. And he's going to, you know, in like 40 touchdowns. I mean, that's sexy stuff. But he made a comment at the end of the game because very late in the game, the Vikings had a chance to go for a drive to win the game. And the uh, talk is the Vikings would have gone for two. And I agree. Because are you going to count on this Vikings defense, which gave up almost 500 yards to Jared Goff? Five touchdown passes? Five touchdown passes. You're going to count on this defense in that situation? Go Mike Tice against the New Orleans Saints circa 2002. Go for it, and God bless. Vikings, I think, could convert that because Vikings did a pretty good job against the Rams' defense as well, which is supposed to be pretty good defense. But the offensive line kind of semi-choked, but so did a guy by the name of Kirk Cousins who fumbled again. He fumbled again. And it was late in the game, and it was obviously the drive that would have tied the game, and I think the Vikings would have tied the game because the Vikings' offense was cutting through that Rams' defense like melted butter. But again... <clears throat> Kirk Cousins was blindsided. Riley Reef was better than last week. I ranted. I went off. This and that. He was much better than he was against the Buffalo Bills. But still, obviously, you want to make the play there. But at the same time, I agree with all of you out there that are saying, hey, Kirk Cousins needs to sense pressure a little better. Kirk Cousins needs to protect the ball better. Yes, he does. And then he made a statement. After the game, and this is what set me off, just a little bit. And I didn't even talk about it in social media because I just kind of kept quiet. I've been busy as bleep and just kind of kind of keeping it inside, letting it ferment so I could come on and do the show and get it off my chest here where it matters a little more probably than just blurting out on social media. Kirk Cousins' statement <laughs> about that fumble was he only worries about what he can control. What? Oh, there's a difference. Shut up! And Did he really say that? Somebody please pinch me. 
You can you only worry about what you can control. Now it's one thing that the Vikings defense wasn't showing up to play. Got it. You can't control that. I get it. But that fumble, you're saying you couldn't control that? You're saying that uh, the offensive line, you're just going to make it all about you and that the offensive line uh, choked and just kind of screwed you over there? You know what? They didn't help, particularly late in the game. Great pass rush by Aaron Donald. You could have said, if you're going to call roughing the passer on every other bleeping time a guy touches a quarterback, you sure as heck could have called in on Aaron Donald the way you kind of flung uh, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins to the floor. But then again, I guess he didn't like press him on the ground because we just got to make things more and more complicated. Go back to that engineering uh, <laughs> quota out there, that engineering uh, saying that makes a hell of a, that, that does make a lot of sense. Complicating things only makes it is just pointless and stupid. That's stupid engineering. You want to keep things simple. <clears throat> but at the same time, again, Kirk Cousins, that was a very selfish statement. Extremely. And that bugs me. This team, to me, with the whole light of the Everson Griffin situation that took place as well, that I kept very quiet about, because A, you know, the local media, whenever anything comes up like that, they never stop, and I get tired, and I like to go in different directions. Do we have to talk about it? Yeah, I know everybody has to talk about this, talk about that. He threatened to shoot somebody. He'd been going ape bleep in practices, and they told him to stay away. So I kind of think that had something to do with the way things have been getting kind of funny uh, with the Vikings the last few weeks. Defensively, this and that. He's supposed to be the captain of that defense. And, well, when your captain loses his mind, you cut the head off the monster, things don't go so well after that because, well, apparently that head is not on straight right now. Not trying to make a pun. I'm just being honest. It's not on straight. And if he's freaking out and going crazy like that and having a lot of issues, I think there's players in that locker room that are divided on it. I think there are players that support Everson Griffin. I think there are players that are ticked off at Everson Griffin. And when that kind of stuff happens... This is the kind of results you see. You see a team that's not on the same page. You see miscommunications in the secondary. You see miscommunications def- uh, on this defensive scheme and that defensive scheme. You see linebackers getting destroyed by tight ends. You see linebackers having to cover wide receivers that can't cover wide receivers. Particularly a guy that's been sucking all freaking season, and that's number 55, Anthony Barr. He's been sucking all year. In fact, right now... If I were to give a big, juicy Christian Ponder Memorial for 2018, I think it's him. I think it's him. I mean, it's not even Daniel Carlson. It's already bar for me. I think he's beat Carlson already. He sucks right now. And he's already in the position to, uh, yeah. He's already, yeah, I mean, you know, he's in position to go for free agency, and he's not doing well for himself. A lot like Brian Dozier is with the uh, the former twin Brian Dozier with the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers sharing places with the Rams there. Um, what was he batting? Like 149. 149 with one home run in the last 30 games. Okay. Yeah. Good contract year there for you, Brian Dozier. And uh, that's about how Anthony Parr's doing on defense. Maybe not quite that bad, but he's... Yeah, he is, I think. Eric Kendricks has vanished out the face of the earth. I mean, he's not there. He's not visible. He's never there. And he was always there before. In fact, last year it was just like Eric Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, Eric Kendricks. Now you're not seeing him. Mackenzie Alexander, do you even want to see him on the field anymore? I mean, I loved that guy coming out of college. I just loved him coming out of Clemson. I thought of him as one of the best cornerbacks in college football. And, well, yeah. 
I don't think he is. <laughs> I don't think he's going to live up to that at all. He doesn't look like he's going to make it very long. An impressive start for Baltimore right now <laughs> on Sunday Night Football. Usually I'm recording the second segment at this point, but I don't think this one's going to be that much longer. Because <sighs> I don't want to just rip the team up and down, but God almighty, this defense sucks. God, I, I it sucks. Can I be honest? This defense sucks right now, and they're not supposed to suck. Remember how good they looked against the Rams last year? <sighs> but, long story short, every year is different. Every year is different. I mean, you have an amazing year defensively, or you have the 98 Vikings offense, you have the 99 Rams offense. 2000 wasn't the same for the 99 Rams offense, was it? It just wasn't. 98, 98 Vikings, 99 Vikings, pardon me. Not the same. Still explosive, still good, but it wasn't the same. It just was not. They went 10-6. and six. They won a playoff game that year. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, and that was cool. We finally beat the Cowboys in a freaking playoff game. And, uh, well, and then we got lit up by the St. Louis Rams. And they were the St. Louis Rams at the time. Of course, a guy by the name of Kurt Warner from Iowa went out there and <laughs> came out of nowhere and tore up the league for quite a while. Now is Hall of Fame level. Unbelievable guy. Everybody loves Kurt Warner. Great uh, resurgence, renaissance with the uh, the former St. Louis team as well. St. Louis Cardinals slash Arizona Cardinals. Of course, took, took them all the way to the Super Bowl. Man. But no, I'm going off again, and I apologize. Going off in other directions. <laughs> I can't help it. I enjoy going back in the day. But uh, it's never the same, is it? The 2001 Ravens defense, is it the same? That's a team that's flashing in front of me right now and looking great. And Go Ravens. I hate the Steelers, so yeah. Go, go Ravens, all right. Hell yeah, I'll cheer for the Ravens 10 out of 10 times over the Steelers in the, that black and blue uh, matchup there. Uh, but it's never the same. That's the point. That's what matters. Vikings defense was, you know, it was one of the best defenses in NFL history last year. This year, it's not even close. Bottom third of the league. I mean, I mean, it's really bad, you know. <laughs> I was going to dig up that statistics and of course get your your reactions we'll get to that later here it is okay so in the last five and a half games since halftime against the saints in the playoffs of course the minneapolis miracle game the vikings have given up over 31 points per game and almost 400 yards per game per game folks Look, this is beyond belief that sucks um yep it sucks and i don't know what to say else i mean i, I don't know what else to say it just sucks it's frustrating and I don't know. I mean, it's like you keep coming back and saying, well, if this is your year, make it your year. And then it just it just never is. And then the next year is never the same. <clears throat> it's so rare that a team rebounds after a great year like that, comes back the next year. Maybe their record isn't as good and they still go on and win it all. Pittsburgh did it from 2004 into 2005. 15-1, 2004. Pittsburgh went on and won it all. And they got their, was it their fifth Super Bowl? So that's kind of, yeah, different situation there. And, of course, Denver rebounded after getting upset after having a great uh, 1996, and they went on and won in 97. I hope the Vikings can still come back and do that. And, okay, there's still plenty of season to go. And there's a nice long article uh, out there that I also posted on the uh, Facebook page that a lot of you commented on, and it's a good read and all that. I wasn't able to get to all of it. It's really large, and I've just been so busy and one thing after another. So, But uh, still, I got to some of it. We'll talk about that later in the third segment, but generally speaking, a frustrating overall game. The good news is Dan Bailey is uh, 
well, he's got a beautiful looking kick. Okay, one of them did bounce up the uprights, but it went in, and the others were pretty, pretty nice. So we appreciate what uh, Dan Bailey was able to do. That 40-yarder was a beauty. Put the Vikings back in position there. Helped the Vikings defense actually did make a stop at one point. And then, of course, the fumble took place. Riley Reef got beat again by Darnold, this and that. And then, well, Kirk Cousins did not sense pressure. He didn't step up. He just stood there and just, he ate the ball. And then the and then the Rams ate the ball. And the clock ran out. And that was it. And it's just got to stop. I mean, but this is what we were getting into when we signed Kirk Cousins. When we were, when we were talking about Kirk Cousins, discussing it in the war room, the Vikings brass. It's just, I don't know, that's a lot of money to give a guy that fumbles as much as he does. His offensive capability is unbelievable, and it really puts on a show, and it's a beauty to watch. But that self-absorbed bullcrap statement at the end of the game didn't sit well with me, and I'm sure it didn't sit well with other people. Just like this whole Everson Griffin situation has, has divided the locker room a bit, I think. And I'm not up here blaming Everson Griffin. I'm just saying stuff like that creates a divide in the team because certain players, certain I mean, you know there's going to be agendas that are going to come up. This group of players feels for, feels bad for Everson Griffin. This group of players is kind of ticked off at what's going on. Maybe there's a little cover-up going on, going on as well when it came to Trey Waynes regarding a police report that Everson Griffin tried to break into Trey Waynes' house in, uh, what was it, Mount or Minnetrista, something like that, around the Lake, you know, around Lake Minnetonka. Pretty nice area, I'd have to say. Not uh, not very cheap living out there. <laughs> not really cheap living in Minnetrista or Mound. I think it was Minnetrista. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Nice place there, Trey Waynes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, very much. But if... It, but then the... Then, every, then Trey Wayne says that's a lie, it's not true, this and that. I don't know. Is it a cover-up? I don't know. That's kind of creepy, though. One way or another, it's kind of creepy. Why Would a cop make something like that up? And, and what does a cop have to gain by making that up? That's the question. And the Whereas uh, Everson Griffin has a lot to lose. Everson Griffin and other, you know, and the Vikings PR, this and that, have a lot to lose if it is true. So, I don't know. Read between the lines there. I mean, I'm not accusing, I'm just saying I'm just reading between the lines I hope I'm wrong but it doesn't look good <laughs> I hope I'm wrong I hope it's all BS but I don't know with that said Kirk Cousins well he did fumble the ball once but he didn't throw an interception woohoo 422 yards it was it was a spectacular show a spectacular display a very 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 fun game to watch it's just unfortunate that the Vikings defense again got their asses kicked to be blunt the other problem though the passing game is spectacular, but the running game stinks. Um, Delvin Cook is not the same guy. He's not the same guy, and he hasn't been the same guy all season. Okay, he's been good with the receptions, but the running game is non-existent. Is it bad blocking? Partially. But then again, you can't blame everything on the O-line. Is it that bad? Yes, sometimes it is, but it's not that bad all the time. Uh, Delvin Cook hasn't been as visible offensively. Uh, running through the the tackles and and all that, or not the tackles, but the guards or the tackles, whichever. Usually the guards you'd think if you're trying to run up the gut, but not so good uh, so far for the Minnesota Vikings uh, in this one. So 
I guess when they say tackles, they mean defensive tackles. So, yes, up the gut. <laughs> Not so good a running game for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins led the Vikings in running yards, and he had a nice 19-yard scamper, and it was great. It got us in position to uh, score and make things very interesting late. But unfortunately, that final drive was not meant to be. Very heartbreaking. So, <sighs> Adam Thielen, another awesome game. 135 yards. Stefan Diggs, 123. A great play and a great catch by Adam Thielen in the end zone there. <clears throat> Yet another touchdown for Adam Thielen. I mean, that guy's definitely due for some big bucks. Aldrich Robinson, nice start to his Viking career. Two catches, two touchdowns. All he does is catch touchdowns. He's the next Chris Carter, baby. Well, it's another number 17, and, well, he's factoring in more than, um, well, than uh, the second Robinson, uh, not Robinson, the second uh, Reich, Kendall Reich, who also wore 17. Now Laquan Treadwell, he actually had the catch of his uh, his life there before that god-awful fumble. Laquan Treadwell made a beautiful catch, but then again, the fumble happened, and that ruined everything, and it was so heartbreaking. But uh, not a bad game for Laquan Treadwell at the end of the day. So good on you, Laquan. A little better there. Good uh, start in that sense, but generally speaking, heartbreaking overall game. Nice offense. At least you got to see that. You got to see Dan Bailey make everything, including, you know, bouncing one up the upright and all that. 11 points. So if you sign him for fantasy, he's your little free agent kicker. Nice addition, brother. <laughs> 11 points for Dan Bailey. Uh I'm just, you know, I don't really want to stay anymore. This game stinks. It was frustrating. I mean, it doesn't stink, but it's stinks that we lost. It stinks that the defense is not is still just non-existent. Other than Daniel Hunter able to get a sack in the game, he's got to be the best player on the defense right now. Easily. Easily right now. Um, Mike Hughes looks in over his head, unfortunately. And do you blame him? He's a freaking rookie. It took Trey Waynes about three years to get good. It took Xavier Rhodes about one and a half. So, very rarely does a guy just bounce on the scene and star as a rookie. That would be Harrison Smith. And you could also say uh, Daniel Hunter. So, with that said, <sighs> I've gone all over the place. I've bounced everywhere, and I kind of covered everything like a blanket as best I can, I guess, in a game that, you know, I don't know, leaves us not feeling good about ourselves, not feeling good about the rest of the season. We're just going to have to let things play out as we talk about Philadelphia coming up in segment number two. So, the Fran Tarkington Award for this show, for this game, you want to give it, you really want to give it to Kirk Cousins. He was spectacular. But that comment and the bleep and fumble at the end, I don't know, it just kind of takes it away from me a little bit. It's got to go to Adam Thielen. He's just unbelievable. He's spectacular. He, you know, I mean, when the when the ball is catchable, he's going to make the catch. He's going to make the big play. I mean, the guy is consistent. The guy shows up every night. So does Stefan Diggs, by the way. You could almost give it to uh, both of them. He had 11 catches overall in the game. Targeted 15 times as Stefan Diggs. In fact, I'm going to give it to both of those guys. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs both deserve it more than Kirk Cousins at this point. They didn't turn the ball over. They showed up, they played, and they starred on national television for all the NFL world to see. So Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, good job there. The Christian Palmer Memorial, it's got to go to like a lot of people. I mean, you could give it to Anthony Barr again. But then again, was it the defensive schemes? Was it miscommunication? Was it somebody else's blown coverage? I mean, McKenzie Alexander, you don't even want him on the field anymore. He just stinks. I, I mean, I can't watch him anymore. I don't think anybody else can. So it's going to kind of go to guys like that. I mean, McKenzie Alexander definitely deserves it. 
Um, you can't blame the kicker anymore. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson hasn't really been as good as a lot of us hoped either. But then again, it's a collective thing. I mean, it's kind of all of them. So mm, just in general, the defense not showing up at all. And of course, again, Xavier Rhodes getting beat and then kicking the flag to add another 15 yards to a play that he already was beat on. So great. Christian Hunter Memorial, you, you get to share it because of that one, uh, Xavier Rhodes. So with that, let's take a quick break, come back to a little NFL roundup, and then preview the Philadelphia Bleakin' Eagles. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. We're going to be previewing the Philadelphia Eagles game coming up next week, which we're not looking forward to too much, but we'll see. Of course, Minnesota-Los Angeles, that was the Thursday game, so perfect. So the chronological order will be uh, perfect this time. Miami-New England, well, the Miami Dolphins usually give the New England Patriots trouble. The Detroit bleeping Lions beat the Patriots last week and kind of made them look like crud. Miami Dolphins have always given the Patriots trouble. They're 3-0 and this year. And reality set in in Gillette Stadium, 38-7. to Tom Brady's back. Yep. Well, hopefully the Vikings do what the New England Patriots did. And Minnesota can pound the Philadelphia Eagles, who did not look so good today. So that's the hope. Frank Gore, who's still playing, and he might make the Hall of Fame because of those career numbers. And he's in the Miami Dolphins. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but then again, I don't know what to say about that. Brock Osweiler's on the Miami Dolphins, too. Hmm. Don't know what to make of that, but Ryan Tannehill had easily his worst game of the season. The New England Patriots defense showed up to play, and good for them, and 38-7. to I love it. I love it as a Patriots fan, but I also like the Dolphins, too. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm more of a Viking fan than anything else. Brady didn't exactly have the game of his life, but still, because he had two interceptions, still, though, overall, nice, solid game, and big win for the Pats. So let's move on forward. Baltimore Ravens right now are leading the Pittsburgh Steelers 14-3 to as I turn to my left. There they are. And uh, Mike Tomlin looks a little slightly frustrated, I'm sure, as he's losing at home 14-3 to to the Baltimore Ravens, their arch rivals. Kansas City and Denver will be mon- Monday night football, like they used to call it back in the good old days. And Monday night football, we'll worry about that when the time comes. Denver Bronx hosts the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a pretty good rivalry over many, many, many decades what a barn burner, eh? In Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Cincinnati, 37. Atlanta, 36. Huh. So I guess maybe keeping Marvin Lewis was a good thing after all. And Dan Quinn's uh, Atlanta Falcons defense not looking so hot. And they're 1-3. and three. I didn't expect to see this. When you look at Cincinnati, 3-1. and one, Atlanta, 1-3. and three, You'd think that's kind of backwards, right? Like, it's a reciprocal. It's wrong. It's the exact opposite, right? It's a reciprocal. Flip it back over. No, Cincinnati's the one that's 3-1 and one here. Okay, and they had a good game, and they got the job done. It was a barn burner, and obviously nobody's perfect, and this and that. Matt Ryan was spectacular, but they still lost the game. I mean, an almost perfect quarterback rating, 400-plus yards, three touchdowns per Dalton, per Ryan. Ryan did have an interception that brought his rating down, this and that. Um, Mixon is out now for a while again. So Giovanni Bernard, Giovanni Bernard... Nice, solid game. About four and a half a carry. Got in the end zone twice. So, nice pickup for fantasy bowlers. 
Tevin Coleman, certainly not as good as the other, as their main guy, but still a solid number two running back for Atlanta. He was okay, but not nearly as good as uh, Giovanni Bernard. Pardon me. Nice, great, nice game for Cincinnati, and they continue to roll. But unfortunately, a significant player carted off for Cincinnati there. So mm, we'll see what happens for the Bengals. But uh, good start for them. Don't think they'll win a playoff game. We'll get back to the NFC North in a minute. You got Chicago against Tampa. Yeah, Chicago against Tampa. Most of you that watch football and pay attention to these uh, Sundays. <laughs> Dallas and Detroit, a little different scenario there. Um <clears throat> They joined us in the loss category, the L, as the millennials like to call it. Green Bay, yep, we'll, we'll come back to those. Uh, Tennessee, Philadelphia, we'll come back to that as well. Wow, Tennessee. Hmm, Tennessee. Anyhow, Houston and Indianapolis, interesting game, interesting play call. It went to overtime. Frank Reich took a chance. He lost. And the Indianapolis Colts lose the game. Houston Texans, 37-34, nice overall game for them and great finish on the road in Indianapolis in Lucas Oil Stadium. Andrew Luck, a bit uh, frustrated, disappointed, but at the same time he figured, hey, if you're going for the win, go for the win, this and that. So, I don't know, it is what it is. The Colts are, I don't know, man. I mean, remember when they were, looked like, remember when they were this dangerous team, especially with Andrew Luck, obviously the Peyton Manning era, and they were fantastic the whole time until the very end. Um... Man, that was a hell of a team. Not that I liked them very much or anything. I wasn't cheering for them. I was cheering for other AFC teams, as you might imagine who they might be. Uh, but the Colts obviously had a hell of a run. Then Andrew Luck had that 40-touchdown season, and then he went through injuries. And ever since then, now he's back. And uh, that team is just a joke, and it's kind of sad. Oh, there's my boy Naheem Hines from last year. I love that guy. Naheem Hines. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Ah, there you are, buddy, from the draft. Ah, Naheem Hines, how is he doing? <laughs> Nothing too spectacular yet. Fourth-round pick. Guy I really, really got excited about and put possible a kick returner at some point. Nothing great yet. All his numbers are in double digits, which is not good for your season. Um, but we'll see how he does. Uh, did he return any kicks? He did not. They're not using him as a returner. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, Indianapolis, maybe you should. That might not have been a good destination for Naheem, unfortunately. But unfortunately for him, not much he could do about that. So let's keep going. Indianapolis is meh, and Houston is meh, too. They finally won a game. They're 1-3. In Indianapolis is 1-3. Jacksonville over New York, not a good game either. Great win for Jacksonville, though, 31-12. to Blake Bortles and co. making the Jets look like garbage. And, uh, well, Sam Darnold, not quite the same game uh, for him. He's a funny-looking guy, isn't he? <laughs> um, and he had a pretty yucky game Blake Bortles solid game and good on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars let's just keep going I don't want to talk about the Jaguars that much they are 3-1 and one, though and uh, good win for them so that must feel good of course they beat up on the Patriots too Oakland won a game and poor Cleveland they lost in overtime for the second time this year too bad it's not like hockey where you can get like a you get a point though you get a point you lost in overtime, but you still got a point. No. Well, you know. No. No. What am I talking about? No. You lost. <laughs> it's the tie is like your point. That's like getting your point like in hockey where you get one point instead of two. So the NFL's kind of old school hockey there. But uh, Oakland finally won a bleeping game. 45-42. It took Cleveland at home to win. 
But of course, to me, Cleveland's a significantly better team than last year, and they almost won today. And a lot of people actually picked them to win today, which is funny and kind of sad. It says a lot about the Raiders. Four touchdowns for Derek Carr, though, 437 yards. So, unfortunately, you got the interceptions, though, that brought that rating way down. Baker Mayfield, not as good of a game this time around. Barely 50% of his passes were completed, including two interceptions and two fumbles lost. Bad, bad. And still 42 points, though, uh, scored by Cleveland. Kind of a collective effort there. Good, uh, Some turnovers against Derek Carr and touchdowns and all that. So, offensive uh, touchdowns and all that. So, we'll see. But uh, Cleveland does look like a better team. Just not ready for any, any type of uh, halfway decent season yet, though. They're still, you know, a work in progress to even be halfway decent, unfortunately. So now we continue to scroll around and move around, this and that. Yeah, it's fun to keep up with the NFL week and all that. Seattle over Arizona, 20-17. to 17. We'll just move on from there. New Orleans over New York, 33-18. to 18. Not too much to say about that either, other than the Saints and the Giants. Well, the Saints are way, way ahead. Los Angeles and... The San Francisco 49ers, kind of intriguing. The 49ers are winning most of the game. The other Los Angeles, the Chargers. There may be an L.A. Bowl coming up one day, huh? No, nope. I don't know. What's going on here? What are they doing? I don't know what just happened. Because, of course, the Chargers did win the game 29-27. to Philip Rivers able to set up his team at the very end there and pull it off almost in walk-off form. They finished 2-2 two and two after this game. Kittle had a huge game again. <laughs> I keep bringing that up. If only he made that catch, who knows how different things would have been. And Bethardo, I made fun of last week. Well, he's better this he's better this year than last year, I guess. And San Francisco is still a talented team, but God, it's got to suck to be a Niners fan right now. And I know, oh, I feel so bad for the Niners. They have five Super Bowls. I get it, but still, still, <laughs> it's been a long time since they've been good. And Boy, you know, looked like things were going to start to turn around again, and then, wow, you're back to C.J. Bethard again, and they're losing again. So that's just kind of all there is to uh, all there is to it. Philip Rivers, three touchdowns again. If if he isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback, I don't know who is. I mean, he throws three touchdowns every single week. That's that's no lie right there. That is no lie. Uh, so let's get to the important games. Now, of course, the NFL or NFC North Roundup, which is what I usually like to just go with instead of looking at all the other scores. Oh, boy. Well, Dallas, Detroit, uh, NFC North Roundup. The Cowboys win 26-24 to over the Detroit Lions. So the Vikings are not in last place. We're a half game ahead of the Detroit Lions at 1-2-1. and Right there in third. Smack dab in third place, baby. As the Packers have two wins, the Vikings do not. Smack dab in third place. Feels good. Uh, Detroit in last place, and I think a lot of us are feeling that way. Matthew Stafford did have a pretty damn good game, though. He, he really did. I think Dak Prescott's overrated a little bit, but he was solid enough for the Dallas Cowboys to get the job done down the stretch. Ezekiel Elliott was unbelievable. 152 yards on the ground on only 25 rushes. That's not that many even, really. I mean, it's a good number, but still... Detroit, about as ugly as their uniforms today. Those gray uniforms? <laughs> no, not really. They, they were actually pretty good. Uh, Golden Tate was spectacular. Two touchdowns and 132 yards. But Ezekiel Elliott was unbelievable. Because not only was he running with the ball, he was receiving the ball as well. Four catches for 88 yards, including a 38-yard scamper. I mean, there's your Emmett Smith Award, we'll call it. That's their Emmett Smith Memorial, Emmett Smith Award for the Dallas Cowboys. 
as he's got to be Mr. Cowboy, probably, unless you want to say Roger Staubach or Troy Aikman, but it's got to be Emmett Smith, because he's, like, at the top of NFL rushing and all that. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, unbelievable, unbelievable week. Man, almost 300 total yards for him, and wow, Cowboys uh, beat up on Detroit. It was a pretty pop, was a pretty fun playoff game years ago. Dallas beat the Detroit Lions in a very close one. Kind of similar in that sense. And then the Packers beat the Cowboys the next week, making us all kind of annoyed. And then uh, Arizona took care of the Packers, so it didn't matter all so much after that, if I remember correctly. Yes, okay, let's just move on. So the Green Bay Packers, speaking of that team and all that, and remember the Buffalo Bills, how we were all just, man, boy, this team, man, Maybe we underestimated them and all that. Okay, yeah, they stunk and all that, but now they're coming around because now their quarterback is he got he got his feet wet a little bit, and 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 <laughs> yeah, you get the idea. He got his feet wet a little bit, and things were just so you know things were just off to an early start. But now now you get to see his true colors a little bit. Get to see a little bit of that beginner's luck, a little bit of that strength that'll lead to bigger and better things. And well, no the. Buffalo Bills didn't score a bleeping point against the Packers. Well, hey, Packers defense is great, right? They took all those guys in the uh, secondary and all that. Well, okay, yeah, they're going to get better, but that doesn't mean they're great. And, yeah, bullcrap. I mean, <laughs> and what? Well, the Vikings defense shut the uh, Buffalo Bills out in the, in the fourth quarter. The Vikings won 6 nothing in the four, in the fourth quarter. In fact, the second half... The Vikings defense was outstanding. So Buffalo hasn't scored in six quarters now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you still gave up 27 in the first half of that game. So kind of doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but yeah, Buffalo. That just shows you how beatable that Buffalo team was if you just stopped screwing around in the first half of that game. You idiots. But you did. You did, you purple dinosaurs. Okay, I'm sorry. 22 to 0. <laughs> Oh, screw you, Graham. You go ahead and do your Lambo leap. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers, whatever. He wasn't even that good either. A rough game, 55%, threw an interception, even lost a fumble in the game. And yet they still win by 22. Ah, God. Well, Packers are 2-1-1. One, one. They have actually have a winning record. They're a pretty strong second-place team. The number one team in the division. We all know who they are. I think we have a pretty good idea who they are. It isn't the Packers. It isn't the Vikings. It's the team that a lot of team, a lot of us kind of forgot and all that, but I suppose a lot of us doubted them after the Packers made that roaring comeback against them, and that's the Chicago Bears, of course. I'd like to see what they accomplished, and that was a forty-eight to ten trouncing over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were trouncing teams to start off the season, and then reality set in very quickly, like it usually does for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was a very popular guy. Mitchell Trubisky, my God, did this really happen? Did he throw six touchdowns in the game? Yeah, he did. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, ladies and gentlemen of Purple Mafia, we can safely say, well, okay, maybe not safely, but we can say, at least for the time being, and maybe for many years to come, the Chicago Bears have a quarterback. We can actually say that now. Six touchdowns, uh, 140, 154 quarterback rating, basically perfect, 354 yards. He didn't turn the ball over. He was only sacked once, him being Mitchell Trubisky and Mr. Mack, of course, Khalil Mack, spectacular in the game as well. I mean, what more can you say? What an awesome game. Um, 
an unbelievable game. The Bears quarterback, obviously you see creative offensive plays designed and the ball getting spread around and my God, it's just what a, what a game. I mean, you know what? They're a division rival. They were a bitter rival in the late 80s, early 90s, leading all the way up at least to 94 with that, when the Bears trounced the Vikings in the Metrodome, and I'm still bitter about that. I mean, who? I still don't know who the hell Steve Walsh is. I still don't, because nobody knew who he was after that game. But you know what? I mean, nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. They're not the Packers, and they're not the Lions, so I can sit here and say to the Chicago fans, nicely done. I mean, nicely done. It, it looks good right now. Obviously, things can change very dramatically very quickly, just like they did for Tampa Bay, <laughs> who's now 2-2, two and two, reality setting in very quickly, but uh, nicely done, Chicago. Um, that's why I saved this one for last, not not the Packers. You'd think I'd save the Packers for last because it's the ultra-border battle for the, uh, the Vikings and Packers, but this Bears team looks pretty good. And Mitchell Trubisky, finally. The Bears finally have a quarterback. They finally have a quarterback. And it's about time. I mean, Jim McMahon was just kind of a band-aid. He was smart. He was solid. <clears throat> After that, you had Jim Harbaugh. He, we all see how nuts he is, obviously. But still, he had his moments, particularly in Indianapolis, not Chicago. You had one guy after another. You had Steve Stenstrom for a few minutes. You had... Oh, God, what was that clown's name? Uh, Cade McNown for a few minutes. Cockiest son of a gun ever, and he never did crap. Watch Josh Rosen be that guy. But who knows? Maybe not. Um, you could just go on and on. Of course, Jay Cutler, you had this guy. Oh, uh, uh, before Cutler, you had Rex Grossman. Whew. And then you had last year. Oh, of course, you basically went from Cutler to Mitchell Trubisky. You had, uh, 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 the heck is that guy's name? I don't even care. We'll get back to him later. But uh, the, just uh, signed a guy to a big price money just to play a couple games, basically. And Mitchell Trubisky took over. And go Bears, huh? Go Bears. And, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not a Bears fan. You know that. But I'm just saying, if there's if there's one team I'll feel okay, semi-okay about doing good, rather than, you know, if it's not us, I guess it's the Bears versus I cannot stand Detroit and I cannot stand Green Bay. And I'm sure a lot of you hate the Bears just as much. But... Okay, if there's one team, I'll I'll say it's semi-slightly okay. I'd rather it be the Bears than the Packers or the Detroit Lions. So let's finally get to the point here and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles if we humanly can. I'm scared, concerned, of course. I don't, I, you know, they did lose today in overtime. Uh, well-played game, well-played indeed by the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota back and getting the job done. A spectacular play down the stretch. Questionable uh, defense down the stretch by Philadelphia. Not the best. And uh, Tennessee just kind of outsmarted them. They took their chances on fourth down and they got it done. They didn't want to just go for the tie and all that. They wanted to go for the win and well well played by Tennessee and they're 3-1 and one and they got a chance to be a division champion again. Be back in the playoffs and all that. Philadelphia's 2-2. Two and two. They're this, they're that. Regardless though, was this game in Philadelphia? No. No, it wasn't. Do the Vikings ever play well in Philadelphia? No. So, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to be rude. It's just it's just the way it is. Um, I, I don't feel comfortable going into this. Carson Wentz is back. Is he the same guy? Not yet. But he's still got the accuracy. He's still got the skill. He still puts up the numbers. I mean, 348 yards. You can't argue with that. 
Tennessee's defense is is not spectacular, but well, it's pretty good. I mean, they shut down the Jacksonville Jaguars last week in a 96 game. So, I mean, they did a hell of a job. And of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars are all over the place. You never know what you're going to get out of that team. Jay Ajayi is still a dangerous player, this and that. He's not spectacular, but he drove us crazy, didn't he? He, he sure gave the Vikings a hard time. The Vikings' rush defense has not been that good this year. The Vikings' pass defense has been god-awful. Um, Vikings on the road have been crap, pretty much, I'd have to say. Okay, that's not true. They were crap in the first half against Green Bay. They were awesome in the second half. Um, the Vikings' offense has been unbelievably good all season on the road. It's actually been much better than at home. It was kind of okay against San Francisco and god-awful against uh, Buffalo. It's been outstanding on the road, so it might be a pretty high-scoring game. But, I don't know, Philadelphia's defense is better than anybody else's defense he played this year, isn't it? Unless, again, it's one of those situations where, of course, they're not the same team as they were last year. I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles go back to the Super Bowl, and I sure as heck don't think they're going to go back-to-back. I don't think they go back to it at all. I think it's going to be New Orleans or freaking Bears. <laughs> the Bears might go to the Super Bowl, but nah, I doubt it. Unless Trubisky really is like another Tom Brady type of you know guy who just continues to get better as the year progresses. But um, I don't know. Long story longer. Until this team knows, <laughs> at least remembers how to uh, you know defend against tight ends, I can't pick the Vikings. I mean, Zach Ertz, again, 112 yards. He's, he's, he's the favorite target of that Philadelphia offense. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey tore the Vikings up. Jordan Matthews is still a dangerous guy. He only had one catch, but it counted. I mean, it, it, it was made. It was a great play, 56-yard play with, uh, of course, Carson Wentz to Jordan Matthews. Carson Wentz is, well, I was going to say he's 2-0 and against the Vikings. He's 1-0 and because that was Nick Foles in the game. <laughs> But he lit the Vikings up pretty bad in the in his in that in that game back when he was just a rookie in 2016. I don't like the way the Vikings play in Philadelphia, and for me to pick a win in Philadelphia, I don't feel comfortable doing it. Not with a tight end like Zach Ertz. He, he tore the Vikings up. I just don't feel comfortable right now. That Philadelphia defense is not as good as last year, but they're still going to frustrate us. I'm sure the Vikings score a decent amount of points. I don't trust <laughs> what's-his-name, old what's-his-name to hang on to the ball. And obviously, he doesn't think it's his fault. He thinks it's the offensive line's fault. And you know what? I don't blame you for being frustrated about the pass rush coming at you time and time again against the pass protection not being there time and time again. I don't blame you for being frustrated. But it's still your job to hang on to the ball, Mr. Uh, Oh-oh-what's-your-name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm getting frustrated right now. With that, you got to hang on to the ball, Kirk Cousins. And somehow, I could see, I could see another fumble lost in the game. I mean, it's 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 Philadelphia. If they play anything like they had the last two years against the Vikings, it's Philadelphia. So, this team forces turnovers. They just do. They just do. So, right now, I can. I mean, the Vikings defense has been giving up thirty-one points a game for quite a while. <laughs> For about six games now, it's a trend. It's no longer a mirage. I don't think this team is serious right now. So we can get excited. We can read articles. We can believe this, believe that. Maybe the Vikings do turn things around and shock us all. But for right now, I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And 
I have to believe it when I see it. I can't just assume they're going to do it. I have to give you my objective point of view here. And my objective, honest NFL point of view is the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, unfortunately. So, final score of that one. It's, you know, I think it's going to be another well-played game by the Vikings offense, but I think it's just going to be turnovers first and, and bad defense that's going to let us down again. Until we can see otherwise, you're going to see a fumble by Kirk Cousins, maybe a uh, overthrown pass, intercepted, something like that. And you're going to see Philadelphia's offense do what they want more often than we would like. You're going to see Carson Wentz have another 350, 400-yard game, this and that. Zach Ertz is going to get triple digits, but I also think Thielen and Diggs will get triple digits. One of the two is going to have a huge, huge, huge game, and the other one will still either approach triple digits or be right under it, uh, or, or go right over it, barely. Um, but I'm looking at a final score, something along the likes of something like 31, 34, something like that. Uh, not not with the Vikings, but third. Yeah, well, maybe. 34, 31, I think Philadelphia wins the game. Very close game. I think the Vikings have an emotional offensive performance, but Philadelphia ends up winning the game late. Maybe the Vikings score a touchdown. They're down by 10. They score a touchdown, but there's just not enough time left. Or maybe the Vikings actually make a stop, and we get another chance, and then it's intercepted, or... Kirk Cousins is sacked, and he's way out of field goal range, and the game's over, that type of thing. And you try a Hail Mary that gets you nothing. But, so yeah, let's go with 34-31. I'm seeing that fly in front of my face. I was thinking, like, 34-28 to 28 something, but that, that might be a better score. But I think the Vikings score 30 points in the game, but do not win the game. So we'll leave it as is. We'll be back for fan interaction and wrap up the show after this. Wow, Joey, what a bleep was that we've just seen. Um, I'm still in a state of shock. How can you go up against a team that was perceived as terrible? Um, clearly, they weren't prepared. Um, and perhaps from a mental perspective, they'd already won the game because they're all looking ahead to the LA Rams on Thursday. I... To be honest, looking back, I don't think I've seen a worse regular season game than that. And, you know, you can go back to the Ponder years, the McNabb experiment, the last year of Brett Favre, uh, all the way to Les Steckel. I've never seen a team or a, a Minnesota Viking team put so little effort into playing a game. Just unbelievable. They were more like a team that was 2-12 and 12 and just trying to eke out the end of the season. Let's be honest, all we can hope for is that it's an aberration. But being the Vikings, if it is, and they, they get back on track, you know damn well come the postseason this will bite us in the arse because we'll probably end up having to go and play a divisional game in the bio or over in the Coliseum. Now, good teams bounce back, so all we can hope for on Thursday night is that this, uh, this team does bounce back, um, whether it be a win or a loss, but they attempt to put some grit into their game, go out there and give it their all, because quite frankly, this lot should 
give their paychecks to charity this week because it was an embarrassing performance and there's no two other ways of looking at it it was atrocious yep there were a couple of players that were out there doing their thing and trying but on the whole it looked bloody grim um okay defense wise what's going on top three top five caliber nfl defense i don't bloody think so um you know, this, this stems back to that second uh, half against the Saints where they fell off a cliff. And, um, OK, I think you could accept that perhaps post-season, guys are tired, they're injuries, and they're not going to be as sharp as they were in the regular season. But we've had three games, and we've had three games that have been very similar. I think they've put up in excess of 130 points in four and a half games. That's not a top-calibre defence. And let's remember, this year, they've gone out and they've brought more players in to strengthen that defence, and they've completely neglected the biggest area of need, which we all knew was the O-line. They've done nothing to um, improve that O-line. But they go out and they spend $84 million guaranteed on a franchise quarterback that they can't protect. I just don't get it. And, And the worrying concern is... That going forward, we've got the Rams, we've got Philadelphia. There's a potential risk that Cousins could get knocked out for the season in the next couple of weeks. And if that's the case, that's the season done. Because we've not invested in the O-line. And that is a glaring mistake by Mr Spillman. I don't get it. I don't understand. Going into the off-season, the O-line was a massive problem. Case Keenan made it look better than it was because he could move around. He danced. He found ways to make big plays. Kirk doesn't have that mobility. He's a pocket passer. And if the pocket's going to collapse on him within two seconds, he's got no chance. He was getting blindsided. Um, It's unacceptable. Well, I'm lost for words. Anyway, Jay, let's hope that some way they come out of Los Angeles, with no injuries. (laughs) Maybe they squeak a win, but I think that's highly unlikely. Um, I'm going to watch the Bears and the Cardinals, and I'm hoping um, our former quarterback will do us a favour tonight. And the Bears remain at uh, one and two. Fingers crossed. Take care, my friend. Um, And Skull Brothers and Sisters. Yes, for Julia Wagon and Purple Mafia, Brent Jacobson here. Love the offense tonight at the Rams game. Cousins, Diggs, Thielen, Robinson all look pretty good. And love the passing attack. Where is the running attack? It may as well put Cook and Murray on a Frickin' milk carton because they're seem missing. Uh, defense is starting to concern me a bit. I mean, Bills went through us like water. Rams went through us like water. I don't know, man. Love the team. Still choosing to be optimistic. Yet, what about a week and a half to lick our wounds and heal up and get ready for the Eagles. That'll be another tough game, but it's, I don't know. The defense right now is 
seems to almost be the missing, the weak link. Well, Skull Vikes on to Philadelphia. Keep up the good work, Joey, and we'll catch you next time. And I can't thank you guys enough for those call-ins. Mad Martin and Brent Jacobson both jumping on Purple Mafia here. Ended up being a busy show despite a weird uh, midweek game and all that. Unfortunately, it could put things back a bit too. I would have been... <sighs> but it is what it is. Uh, still very much... Uh, it's like that Buffalo game. Still very much uh, reflective of how things appeared for the Vikings defensively in L.A. and against Buffalo. Of course, a more deadly offense against the Los Angeles Rams and all that that really lit up the Vikings and how scary it's been for the Vikings the past several games defensively. Uh, was at 170 points in, in like five games. I mean, that's just unbelievable what you mentioned and uh, Mad Martin and how the Vikings completely ignored the O-line. And it's it's telling, um, along with Kirk Cousins not feeling the uh, the pressure, not expecting the rush, not anticipating the rush, not stepping up. It, it's a combination of both. You do have to protect the quarterback, without a doubt. You have to protect the quarterback, and the quarterback has to sense the rush and do something about it on occasion. Not just pretty much act like nothing's happening, and then, oh, I fumbled because you didn't protect me. Well, you need to protect the ball too, though. So it's a combination of both. Um, but yeah, if you're going to invest in a quarterback that might have mobility issues, might have issues with fumbling, yeah, offensive line. I mean, you couldn't have said it better, Mad Martin. I... Can't agree more. It's just unbelievable that uh, no common sense was was given here. And of course, if money was an issue with the eighty four million dollars given to Kirk Cousins, well, you, money's not an issue in the draft. Drafting offensive linemen, you're not giving them forty fifty million dollars. You know, like you might like some guy uh, like uh, Riley Reeve type of situation. It's very doable. You had Jeff Daniels there. Mike Hughes is a as good as a good future, I think, but still. I don't know. Yet again, you know, it's like he's the kind of guy it's going to take time for him to to develop. It's not like he's an immediate impact guy. Uh, he had some moments. He did have a pick six uh, in, against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. That did help quite a bit. So that does factor in. But still, offensive line, I think, would factor in more quickly with some of those guys. I think they would be ready to play more than a developmental project like Brian O'Neill. That was just a bunch of frustration. Also a lot of bad luck as well with how those offensive linemen got gobbled up in the second round before the Vikings even had a chance. It was just unbelievable. But um, that's why you should have just focused hardcore on that in the first round, and it just didn't happen. Um, It just didn't. So here we are, sitting and waiting. Uh, Great call, Brent Jacobson as well. Talking about, uh, well... Offense fantastic, but the defense, again, not showing up. I mean, just once again, nothing showing defensively. No protection, this and that. It's just uh, extremely frustrating with how things turned out once again against the Los Angeles Rams. Just uh, unbelievable. And, of course, the other thing you mentioned, again, the running game completely disappearing like they belong on milk cartons, this and that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. What was it, six rushes last uh Against the Buffalo Bills, six rushes completely against the Buffalo Bills. And then your leading rusher is Kirk Cousins. Delvin Cook's not been the same guy. I have to say that. Uh, Latavius Murray, he's all right, but he's just all right. He's okay. Again, is it the run-blocking issues that we had in 2016? 
Kinda. I mean, it's not good. It's not been good. I mean, there was no run blocking. There's, I mean, Matt Asiata basically had no moves. He's just slow, this and that. And that's why you never really got anywhere with him without any type of good blocking in front of him. But at the same time, again, again, the blocking, if there's absolutely no blocking, it's going to be a problem even for the Adrian Petersons in his prime, you know, guys like that. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It's a it's a horrible concoction of frustration. So let's move on to Twitter quickly here. Already an hour in. I can't believe this show has been this long. Uh, why? But I suppose there's a lot to say, so that's why it's long. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, James Beck out of the UK, Malcolm McSween out of Southern California, and Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia, in the Victoria Providence there. Thank you guys very much for retweeting the most recent show. Episode 273-270 is now on iTunes, because that's basically what it was, 270 in that sense. So, let's get to Mad Martin, and they got the W. Yep, he was talking about the, uh, I forget who we were talking about there. Let's see how that goes. Yes, the Bears. The Bears. So, that's kind of what that is there. Uh, he says, I'm just watching some of yesterday's games in the 40-minute mode on Game Pass before I listen to the podcast. I sent you some audio. think it was quite restrained considering it was only an hour after the game. Yeah, I can't imagine your frustration after that Buffalo game. But, uh, yep, it came out. I felt it. Uh, Mad Martin says, hard to disagree with Gerald. Make some solid points. Oh, and you can tell Mark Carlson the game finished just after 9 p.m. local, so not too bad. Oh, because it was a noon game, right? Not too bad. Six hours ahead of you guys in the Midwest. Where, of course, the Rams game much more difficult. Uh, Mad Martin continues saying, good show, Joey. I don't know how you do it sometimes, but glad you do. It is hard. Um, It is hard. That game made me want to step away. This one, too. Made me want to just take a week off, this and that. Plus, the midweeks are tough sometimes. I think the toughest ones to cover, though, are like Monday night. It's tough because my schedule is extremely tight during Monday through Friday. So, let's just say it's real tough for me to cover a Monday night game. But I manage sometimes, somehow. <laughs> Especially if it rains. That's the only way to kind of sneak in and actually get the show done. It's like I can get, I can do the game, watch the game, see what I need to see watch this back, this and that as well to kind of see certain parts again to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And then, yeah. But then actually getting time to record is the hard part. Um, Mad Martin, uh, again, out of Northern Scotland, says, I will continue to listen to PA. See how many spins yep, spins of this game, rainy days and Mondays. Yep, always get me down. Yep, come to Scotland. It rains almost every day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, and Tanae also retweeted the show out of New Zealand. Thank you very much, Tanae. Out of New Zealand also retweeted the show. So we move up for a bit here. James Beck out of the UK says, My take is that the players were shaken by the Everson situation. I think that had a huge, huge part of it. I do. Um, he says, Now they've had a few days to galvanize and process. It's time to bounce back. The result is less important here for me. Rams away is tough. Show up, perform, and you never know. Yeah, I, I, they played a lot better. They did, and I had a feeling they would, but the Vikings did not win. Mad Martin says, Evening, Joey. Think I will skip the game live. Yep, this is Thursday night. Starts around 1.30 a.m., and I'm up at 5 a.m. A long weekend ahead, driving to the other end of the U.K. Saturday, so sleep will be at a premium, and I don't blame him one bit for that. That's not easy, man. So I don't blame you how you had to kind of catch up uh, Mad Martin says, got up at 3.30 a.m., just reached halftime as expected. Our O needed, yep, to trade big drives. 
to stay in this game, but a massive improvement from Sunday. Yes, at least they showed up. The offense did. <laughs> the offense did. I thought I replied. Oh, man, Martin replied. <laughs> he says, not the O, oh, at least the D looks looks bad, giving up 28 points and a half. Yep, just like they did the week before, 27. What happened to the legendary Zimmer D? Lack of running game is unbelievable, but at least they've turned up to play on offense. I figured we would be 2-2 two two at this stage. 1-2-1, one, one, half, half a game back. I can live with that. Not sure the offense can live with our D or that O-line. Crap way to end with that fumble. Yes, it was. Because the Vikings had every opportunity to possibly steal that one. There was a chance, despite all the horrible defense. Despite this, despite that. They still had a chance to win. And Mad Martin posts the origin of the Skull Thunderclap. That is incredible. Ah, uh, mother. Yep, and I was watching that, and it's like, wow. So it actually, yep, and Mad Martin sums it up here. So it's very funny that people thinks uh, it's some Icelandic Viking thing when it's really a bunch of bampots from Motherwell, Scotland that deserve the credit. And they are nuts. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, so it's like you have the skull thunderclap. The actual word skull probably started from the Icelandic thing. Yes, the word skull did, but the actual thunderclap itself. That's really funny. And it's cool that it came from, well, Scotland. Mad Martin. So that's kind of cool. It came from your, your homeland there. And uh, that's kind of cool in that sense. Must make you like like them even more, even though you do believe these people are a bit nuts. These people here, the the Bampots from Motherland, Scotland, or Motherwell, Scotland, that deserve the credit for creating the uh, thunderclap. That's really funny. <laughs> the skull thunderclap. Mad Martin continues says, "Lucky is the luckily luckily the Lions lost. Otherwise, we would be in last in the North. Those Bears are worrying, and the Slackers showed how bad the Bills are." Yeah, yep. See, look, look, look at that. You know, isn't that something? See, the Lions lost barely. The Bears look like they look like a Super Bowl contender today. Um, they did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers what the Vikings should have probably done to the Bills. They should have put up a ton of points and not given up hardly any. And that's what a lot of us expected. And the Vikings instead gave up a lot of points and didn't score anything. They scored, what, six points in the game. And that's because we went for two after a touchdown. That's kind of weird. Um, Bailey only got to do a squid kick, which was a good one. But it didn't mean jack crap. So it's just like, phew, boy. Mad Martin, we continue. It says, looks like we are going to have to win all the remaining divisional games. First beat the Eagles is a must win. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, how, how did I word it here? Uh, I had a response and it always goes away. There it is. I said, that's a tall order, my friend. Don't think it's going to happen. He says, wild card will be a tall order. I had such high hopes just four weeks ago. And yeah, it's, it's, mm, I did too. I thought this team had a lot of, had a lot of good chances. This team had a legit chance to do something fairly special. Ah, uh, he says they definitely, them being the Vikings, have the oh, yep, the talent and coaching to turn things around. It has to start next Sunday in Philly. Record there is poor. Yeah, we never win there. Add Wentz to mix. The odds are really against us. Yep, add Wentz to the mix. If they lose, one, three, and one, the hole could be too big, uh, too deep to dig out of. The schedule is just too tough after that. And, yep, and the schedule's already become tough with the Los Angeles Rams. And, 
Who'd have thunk the Buffalo Bills would be part of a tough schedule and a tough run for the Minnesota Vikings? And I apologize. I didn't get back to you more often. Ah, oh, man. You know, and I need to get back to it more and more often. I, I try to, and then I get all overly busy at work, and I, I'm about to reply to him, and then and then something distracts me, and it's just, oh, I hate that, and I feel bad. So just letting you know, I, I do feel bad. So let's get to the Facebook page. Now, of course, first the Twitter account again, at Purple Mafia Show. And then well, you're going to give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven on Twitter, or Twitter on Facebook. Do give that a follow. Do join that. Do give that a like and join that page. In-game threads and all the other stuff that goes on, Vikings news that pops up during the course of the week. Otherwise, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Now MN Vikings Haven, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on their Facebook page. Thank you again very much for joining from there. I encourage my listeners to join that page as well. So facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show or just look up Purple Mafia Show on the Facebook page. If there is one that says group, join the one that's page, not group. So we'll go from there. See if we can get this all to load and it never does. (laughs) I just... uh, Where's that? It's the post-game thread. That's pretty much what I want to get to almost, but there's a little more other conversation including the most recent show. One comment on the most recent show. <laughs> nope, that's the wrong... No, that is the most recent show. I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, boy, oh boy. I thought there's a comment. Where did it go? Justin Mayer Henry, there you go. Out of Colorado says, the episode name, Ugh, LOL. Yep, uh, yep, that episode name because it's 27-0, and that's pretty much what it was. Pretty much. So now, again, the Everson Griffin reportedly allowed an incident at a Minneapolis hotel. Of course, fairly busy here. Justin Mayer Henry says, oh my God, this team is self-destructive on and off the field. Yep, they truly are. Unfortunately, Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, I know how much worse can it get. Curtis Pate says, good, his choking ass needs to be gone. Anyways, dude is either injured or horrible against the run. Who gives a bleep if he can get one sack a game? If he allows big runs, dude is overpaid, just like Hunter, Barr, and Smith. Mm, that's a that's harsh, but Hulk, all right. I mean, I understand your passion and frustration there. Oh, boy. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I can't access what is going on by the information given in the report. I will trust the coaches are handling that matter and hope we can get him back. To game shape fast. It seems the defense has some serious gaps. Thanks for the report, Joey. I might have not known this. I might not have known this otherwise. Skull and yeah, I'm sorry. I had to pass that on. It's sucky news. Leland out of Iowa also also out of Iowa says off the rails. The Minnesota Vikings informed Everson Griffin and his agent last week that the star defensive end would not be allowed back with the team until he underwent a mental health evaluation, according to a police incident reported by. ESPN's Courtney Cronin. Yep, and it is just nasty and scary without a doubt. So, mm-mm. I try to kind of change the topic. All of us are getting frustrated with this team right now, leading into the Rams game. I, I, I just got curious. I started thinking and about team uniforms and all that, and I came up with, uh, why not ask your top five NFL team uniforms? So, I said basically mine, my number one team, you could say it's number, you know, it could be number two, number four, whatever, but I just put them number one because I love the colors. 
The Chiefs, red and yellow. The Raiders, black and silver. The Vikings, purple and gold, baby. Miami Dolphins, I love that teal and orange. And the 49ers, the classic red and gold. The gold helmets, gotta love those uniforms and all that. Um, it, it's just, you know, do you like, like, what uniforms do you like? Do you like the classicness? I love red and yellow together. I've just always liked that. The old Atlanta Hawks and the, you know, teams like that over the course of time. The old Houston Rockets and and then the Kansas City Chiefs. They're another team that does it. The Calgary Flames in the NHL. I, I just like those kind of fiery colors for some reason. I like that fiery look and that's where the Chiefs rank number one for me. So we'll continue. Justin Mayer Henry says, number one, Vikings home. Number two, Vikings away. <laughs> number three, nothing. Number four, else. Number five, matters. Ha ha. So there you go. <laughs> Justin Mayer Henry with a honest response there. And I was saying I had a feeling that was coming. And yes, the purple one, the purple home ones are definitely better. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says... Vikings, number one. Eagles, their black uniform. Steelers and Ravens, all black at night. Chargers, powder blue. So the Chargers, so basically Steelers and Ravens are tied at three. Three and four, basically. And then the Chargers are part of the powder blue. Those are awesome, too, actually. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, number one is the Vikings. Number two is the Raiders. Number three is the Steelers. Number four is the Bengals. Huh. You must like orange, yep, because he also likes Tampa Bay. Interesting choices, and the, the Tampa Bay Buck uniforms are intriguing. Brent Jacobson definitely uh, has a different opinion on the Buccaneers a bit. Um, so he lists the top top five and the bottom five. So that's cool how you went on both sides there. Looks like he listed the bottom six, though, actually. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Let's continue, though. Number one, Vikings. Number two, the Saints. The color scheme and how classy the uniform looks. And you know what? I agree. You know what? The Saints actually used to be my favorite uniform because it's black and gold, which is even better than the Raiders, black and silver. But after what happened, I just can't get behind them as much. But then again, I think the Chiefs would still be first for me. The Raiders, the Saints would be like second, third, fourth, something like that. Number three, Bengals, because they're unique. Number four, the 49ers. Love it. And number five, the Chargers. Now, the bottom five, he puts the Jaguars too plain, the Jets and Colts too much white. Yeah, those are so boring, especially the Colts. Uh, the Buccaneers, alarm clock numbers. Number 30, Lions. Number 31, the Dolphins. You hate the Dolphins uniforms? And number 32, the Browns. He says that's the worst uniform in the NFL. That's funny. And I understand because, again, really plain. So, Malcolm McSween will wrap up this section. Number one is the 49ers. Number two, the Raiders. Number three, the Dallas Cowboys. And number four, the Colts. Huh. And number five, the Chiefs. The Colts, huh? But again, I suppose that horseshoe does look cool. The actual helmet looks cool. I'll admit that for sure. So that's the end of that topic. And I just figured I'd change the subject a bit because stuff. Because of stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm sick of, the, sick of how bad the defense has gotten. Um, Justin Amir Henry also is sick of it in the in-game thread. He says, so sick of it. I feel like every game I watch is just a waste of my life. And I kind of agree with how that it can be sometimes. Josh Mayer Henry, also out of Colorado, says, now we have to go all the way to the East Coast for another road game against a top team. The NFL had it in for us this year, just like doing everything they could. So we didn't have a home Super Bowl last year. It felt like it, didn't it? It did. Um, yep, just as Mayor Henry also was saying, F the NFL. Yankee Zong says these refs really are giving it to the Rams. Yep. Yeah. 
stuff that was going on and a flag was picked off that probably shouldn't have been picked up that should have been a penalty on the Rams and they just would not call it. Um, Gerald String was loving Diggs and Thielen and how can you not? Man. Mm, mm, mm. So we're just going to kind of move from there. Yep, Justin Mirahemney posts a Anthony Barr jersey over a toilet and understand that one too. Um, pretty much. That's what he is right now. <sighs> So let's go to the uh, yeah let's go to the post game thread. <laughs> I understand everyone's frustration at how things dropped off there, and appreciate the inclusion though, guys. That was awesome. I was saying a total horse bleep way to end the game. That's what kind of year this is going to be apparently, where just nothing goes right, and that's kind of what it felt like. Gerald Swing, all uh, out of Nebraska, says I'm afraid of it. Next NFC run 20, 20, 26, 28 time frame. As consistent as old faithful, yep, where it just takes forever to get back to that conference final again. And that is an indeed frustration with this franchise forever. Justin Mayer Henry says NFL is a waste of time. Every or, uh, Another evening wasted, wasted watching the total betrayal of NFL officials, yep. Josh Mayer Henry says now we have to go all the way to the East Coast, yep, for another road game, yep, so he's, he's up. NFL had it in for us this year, just about like the Super Bowl last year. Yep, so yep, we kind of reposted there. Yankee Zong out of Brooklyn Center says Thielen got robbed of his touchdown, and I totally agree. The block in the back was picked up, picked back up for Sadeo. The refs were basically trying to hand it to the Rams, and it felt like it. It really did. And of course, Los Angeles, California. It seems like they get everything, don't they? Like the freaking Lakers. Mike Fillers, Stu Stevens says. Last week, it was the offense. This week, the defense didn't show up. Could be a long year, and it sure feels that way. Sure does. Sure does. Justin Mayer, Henry, says Vikings offense did great. Defense needs to show up one of these days, but it seems the officials just want to screw this team at every turn. Went from bounty gate to flag gate. It may seem biased, but I don't see any other team getting screwed on calls. Or have flags picked up nearly this often. It makes me sick. Cousins was phenomenal, though. I understand that frustration. I do. It feels like it. It does. We might be wrong being, you know, we're biased for our team and all that. But it does feel that way sometimes. I want to believe it's not that way. In some games, the refs really appear to be on our side. And it feels fun. But mm, a lot of games you feel... I mean, I don't blame you for feeling that way. But... In a competitive game like that, I can understand the feeling the whole time. When you're just in a competitive mode, you feel it even more. Mark Carlson says, well, it was impressive as the offense has shown up to play, but I haven't a clue where or what the defense is doing. Not one clue. Okay, there were some game-changing calls made and not made by the refs, but even that aside, this team was not keeping pace. I feel let down because I was sure it would go our way. Skull. Yep, and again, there were calls that frustrated the crap out of us in the game. But still, still, I mean, I, I can't let go the fumble. I can't let go of the bad defense down the stretch as well. And I apologize, I didn't mention the frustrating calls as much in the first segment. But again, it's just, again, there are indicators that... This team should be in a better place right now defensively than they are. And so I, I had to focus more on that. So, again, my apologies. Not trying to deliberately ignore anything. Gerald String says, honestly, the Vikes played a pretty good game. Cousins, Thielen, and Diggs have a lot of fight. 
need some rest and some O-line play. But, yeah, don't know whatever happened to our defense. Just don't have the shutdown power we used to. Rams, just a better team right now. And that's all there is to do. And that's all there is to it, as much as I hate to say it. Yep, that's what you're saying. Uh, the replay is... Mark Carlson says, well said, man. And, yeah, well said indeed. Justin Mayer Henry says, my comments aside, though, that Rams team is something serious. And, uh-huh. Gerald Ring says, says they are the real deal. Too bad we pissed the Bills game away, though we hung pretty tight tonight. Short week, a long plane ride, and have to go up against possibly one of the top one or two teams in the league. Just crappy timing. Well, hopefully Philadelphia starts to drop off, and some people think they might be. And Zimmer, or excuse me, Sebastian makes things very interesting with what he has to say coming up. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says the Vikings were in it. They did a lot better than a lot of people expected after last week, and yes, they did. If it wasn't for stupid penalties and two verbally wrong, variably wrong calls by the officials, this could have gone the other way. I still love my Vikings, but I'm feeling a bit disheartened. I should never listen to the preseason hype. Sebastian Barton taps on a topic that gets something going a bit. He says, fire Zimmer. That's right, fire Zimmer. Uh, Tony Coleman says, no way. Sebastian Barton says he has lost his touch. It's very clear. John Wilkin, I believe this might be his first post. He says, no way, man. It's a brief down streak. He, uh, he rebuilt this team into relevance. Don't bail on him the second we hit a rough patch. They will rebound. Sebastian says, brief. The last six games, including last year, he is exposed. I wanted him gone two years ago after 2016, and 2016 was a rough year. 2017, though, Zimmer bounced back so well. I don't know, but mm, I'm not ready to fire Mike Zimmer. But I do think if this team is like, you know, the equivalent of like a 6-10 and 10 type of team, I think we have to fire uh, Spielman, actually. First, Spielman has to go first. Uh, I do because again, that's the uh, it's the offensive line. The offensive line you got to draft offensive line. You have to focus more on that. I think Spielman should be on the uh, chopping block for that reason. I think we should consider firing him in the off season if this team goes six and ten. Odds are they will that nobody will get fired though at the end of the season. Odds are they won't even if this team is eight and eight or something, which could very well head that way. But I mean, like an equivalent, like seven eight and one or. 8-7-1. and one. We'll see what happens. Dave Hickey says, I agree with all of you. The officials were horrible, and I'm not playing favorites. Barr should not be in coverage. That's for damn sure. He is not even trying. Put your freaking hands up. Three touchdowns were a direct result of him being a little bitch because he didn't get paid. Number one defense last year. This year, a dumpster fire. Can't stop the run, and way worse against the pass. I really don't see us beating anybody right now. We just got blown out at home against what everybody says is the worst team this year. Last year we went on a tear. Well, that ain't happening this year, and I don't think it is. Now, this is Dave Vicky. I don't think it is going to happen. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling the same. I don't feel the same fire. Fran Dargan says, I'll give my friend to Adam Thielen and a good effort to Diggs. Well, you sound just like me. As for Ponder, easily Anthony Barr, that little bitch, but the entire defense definitely deserves it. So, yep, Dave Hickey sounding exactly like me there. Awesome. couple of posts by Dave Hickey there. He's going to get a star this week for sure. Dave Hickey says, I don't agree with Sebastian, though. I don't want to fire Zimmer. No way. Sebastian says, why not, Dave? He's in charge of the D. They are way overmatched every game. The last six games, we've been a laughing stock. 
There is a reply from Dave Vicky. He says, I have to agree with Sebastian on the fact that the D has, hasn't looked good for six games and maybe he isn't the best schemer, so they seem to be out of position a lot. But I believe he is a good talent evaluator and teacher. I agree with that part. Um, we have been right there the last three years, and if not for a couple of shitty kickers and bad luck with injuries and those bleeping officials screwing us every chance they get, that we're over the top. I think Zimmer's no-nonsense approach with players is good. With officials, is good. With officials, is not. I think they hate him. That's why we never get calls. Hmm, yeah. Point being, I'll keep following these losers because I've got way too much Vikings clothes and other bleep, and I've been following them for over 45 years. Skull, oh, wow. That was something else. Dave Vicky's going for the gold. Yep, he's, he's chasing that gold, all right. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, to me, it seems like everybody has their nice contracts and their desire to win is gone. Uh-huh. I think Leland's going to get a star, too. Nothing to prove. The talent and skills is just not being lived up to. This year, it seemed like we... seems like seemed like we were a piece or two from a championship. Now it seems like... We only have a few good pieces. I'm not cashing in on the season. There is a lot of games to go, but the doors of opportunity are closing fast. Also, to add this, how many chances will Treadwell get? This is like Blair Walsh again. Part ways and move on. And I don't blame you one bit with that. Uh, Leland and Dave Hickey for sure will be getting stars this episode. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Justin Mayer Henry, Josh Mayer Henry, Mad Martin, and <laughs> and uh, James Beck absolutely as well from Twitter. Matt Martin is like a star candidate every show, like a legitimate gold star candidate. But again, you can't keep giving it to one person all the time. That's the only drawback. Oh, Lord. Some more posts still to come. Whew. But we'll be done. Two more posts and a few more comments, and we'll wrap this up. Yep, it's another long one. Oh, Lord. Long astro. But hey, as long as you're listening and you enjoy it, <laughs> it is what it is. So, yep, there it was. The 31 points and almost 400 yards per game since that Saints second half. Justin Meter Henry says, but number one defense, though. Pfft. These numbers are disgusting. The offense in the last game was exciting, but without a defense, this team is set up to fail. And just imagine if that defense was good. We might have pounded on the Rams. Can you imagine? We might have pounded on the Rams. Again, so interesting. Curtis Pate says, it's our D-line. It's the weak secondary, LOL. We got two guys out of four in the secondary that can come through. Not counting. We can't do nothing against the power run at all and haven't for a long time now. Like Kevin Williams, long gone, yes. Yeah, he was weak against teams. We stopped the run, but we are never consistent, and Rose is looking like hype. He has given up big plays every week now. It's getting bleeping old. Main problem, Zimmer's poor play calling. We need to go 3-4, put Barr and Kendricks inside, and Hunter on the outside, trade Griffin, and trade up for a top pass rush rusher opposite of Hunter, Put Joseph at nose tackle. We got big corners and big safeties that play the run. We just need a big, strong safety. Interesting. Interesting thoughts. Uh, interesting thoughts. He wasn't just kind of all, all right, batch the team. That was uh, pretty good. That was actually pretty good for the most part. Um, interesting ideas there. Interesting ideas. At least sometimes that would be a major significant change. I don't know if they do that much, but you, you, I don't know. I mean, uh, at this point, with what we're giving up, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's a thought. It's a thought at the very least. So let's continue from there. Brent Jacobs says, Gent Jacobson, locally again, like you heard on the phone call, says, I'm definitely concerned about our defense. And Brent Jacobson is a star candidate every week, too. I just love when he calls, too. Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana, welcome back, says Minnesota has a defense. Huh, it hasn't looked like it. Eric Mustard says our defense has been offensive of late. Leland says Goff threw for 465 yards and five touchdowns last night alone. Mark Carlson says the little, the title of number one defense has been earned. There is no doubt, but success is not perpetual and it must be earned every day and every game. Gerald String says, has the NFL cracked the Zimmer code? And or maybe we paid too much for some average players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting, interesting thought process. Um, yep, I mean, Dave Hickey brought that up. And, yeah, and it's continuing there as well. Kind of like the old Jeff Diamond syndrome in the, with the 99 Vikings when Jeff Diamond signed all those guys to the big contracts. And they didn't. They weren't as good in '99. Uh, Dave Hickey says part of the problem is we haven't had a running game in a while, and the defense is out there too long and getting passed and gashed. They are also giving up big plays. We started uh, out last year two and two, but I don't see us rattling off ten wins in a row. <laughs> nope, we've been exposed, and unless we change shit up, I see the losing continuing. Yeah. So that that wraps up that section. Final section. Final section. The Vikings are two, or excuse me, one, two, and one. And here's how they can rebound. It's an interesting article that I wasn't able to read all of, but interesting ideas. Basically, you know, I mean, a lot of it is they need to change their defensive strategies. They need to, you know, I mean, I didn't read enough of it for me to really give an opinion on it. And I apologize. I'm just busy. I mostly wanted you guys to read it and give your thoughts of it and encourage other listeners to check it out as well. Mark Carlson says, very interesting read. I'd have to say with partial agreement, it's possible. I also would say we made a major correction with addressing the kicker position, and that was a big part of it, and missed field goals, but I don't think we could survive every game against a hot passing team. Uh, every, every time a hot passing team comes to some sort of shootout and clock management, yeah, see, our defense needs to step up and stop. I mean... And, and I mean right now, stop all the deep pass completions that are killing us. If we can't defend against the deep pass, I don't care who is injured or what. But if we can fix this one thing, how in the hell are we going to focus on other defensive issues? Yeah, I mean, if you can fix just one thing. Skull, Purple, Nafia Nation, Gerald String wraps up the show with this. He says, they definitely have the talent and coaching to turn things around it would have to start next week in Philly, a place they rarely win. Plus, Wentz is back, so odds are really against us. If they lose one, three, and one, I'm afraid is just too big of a hole to climb out of. The schedule is just too tough. Still have the Patriots, Seahawks, Lions, Bears on the road. Saints at home later in October. Gonna be a very tough grind. So, yeah, it's gonna be extremely tough, Gerald. Extremely tough. Thank you guys again for the. <laughs> <laughs> All the inclusion ended up being uh, quite a bit, uh, like it usually is, though. And the inclusion is very much welcome to the show. I, You guys are a huge, huge, huge part of the show. And I'm always going to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm always going to include everybody on this show because you all deserve to be a part of it. So the gold star for this episode 
I'm going to give it to Dave Hickey, the Silver Star, you know. Kurt, uh, Kurt, Kurt Pate, uh, he had some mean stuff to say early, but then brought some interesting thought process, though, going for that 3-4 approach and moving guys around. It's at least something to think about. It's at least an idea. I mean, people, and people did like it, so I'm going to give him and, boy, him and Dave Martin are going to get the silver, silver star for this episode. The bronze star for this episode should go to, boy, it could go all over the place, of course. Um, you know, <laughs> it could go all over the place. Uh, Brent Jacobson for sure gets at least a bronze star. Obviously, good call and some good thoughts as well. And thank you again for being a part of this show, Brent. I can't thank you enough for that. And you keep up the good work as well. You know, I, I appreciate you very much. Want you to know that, um, uh, James Beck has definitely got to get it out of the UK. Really good uh, tweet there earlier, as well. Thank you again for being a part of the show, and all of you guys. I mean, Gerald, Mark, I, you, all of you guys. You know, you could get stars every week, and you're Hall of Famers, obviously. So it's like Hall of Fame. You're, you know, <laughs> you're always like a star candidate. For a, for a reason, you know, and those of you that, you know, a lot of you are going to get in this year as well. That's like no-brainers. I already pretty much know who you are, who's going to get in. So, and then others are going to follow right after that next year. So, definitely nothing, to, no, nobody's going to get left out at the end of the day. You guys that post regularly and are a huge part of this show, you're all Hall of Famers. And just want to thank you very much. Leland also with a really good post along the way too. I mean... You guys, thank you so much. Keep them coming. Keep the calls coming. I mean, Mad Martin, you are a gem, a gem to this show. Uh, the passion you bring, the good audio also. I mean, your calls audio are unbelievable. Uh, Brent Jacobson throwing in some jokes as, at times as well and, and, you know, showing the passion and uh, love for the team, but also the frustration, just giving us the perspective of how we are as fans, how we feel. That's what I try to bring to you as well. So with that... We will call it a day. We will call it a night. Thank you, and God bless. And Well, E-A-G-L-E-S. Well, let's fly like eagles and beat the eagles.